Welcome to the Branches Podcast. We created this podcast for everyone, regardless of your background or your present ground. Jesus said he came to bring life and life to the full. He is the vine and we are to be the branches. Everyone has the opportunity to let him create a new life in us, and then he will produce the fruit in us that brings life to others. If you want to know more about our small community of faith in San Clemente, California, or more importantly about the way of Jesus, visit us at www.branchesoc.com. Okay, so we're getting started. We turned everything upside down, Uh, but you're kind of used to that, so it shouldn't be that big of a shocker. Um, We are... Turn it upside down because we're going to focus on Sunday morning and worship specifically. And what I mean by that is when I first was being drawn towards this faith, I figured the way I'm supposed to grow is to go to these to church, right? Read the Bible, go to church. These, there are people there that kind of know how this works, and, and I don't. And so I remember going to these different kinds of churches from Catholic to Nazarene to Evangelical and... Calvary Chapel, but it was the same at every single one, and I couldn't figure it out. What does it deal with all the singing? Because for me, like, I love music, and I remember walking into these places, and they're singing, and I'm like, okay, I don't even know this kind of music. I don't even like this kind of music. And so I'm reading it, and I'm like, so we're actually just reading? So I didn't get it. And what typically happens is no one takes the time to explain it, and... So you're kind of, especially as an outsider, or maybe you're an insider and you've never been taught what it is, what this time is about. So we wanted to make sure we had this. We wanted to make sure we had a time where we looked at what is worship. And so we, we're saving all of the, the prayers, put the music to the end. And so we've got uh, our worship leaders here. And so I'm going to be asking them a bunch of questions. But as the shepherd, I wanted to make sure that I communicated what worship is. Because um, in our minds, we can create things, or we assume things, or people tell us things. But this is what Jesus said when he talked about true worshipers. And he was talking about more than music at the synagogue or in different places. He was talking about what worship is. But we call this worship on Sunday mornings for a reason. And so Jesus said in John chapter 4, the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such the Father seeks to worship him. He was saying this to the Samaritan woman that came to draw water at the well. And so she comes to the well, and, and she's like, well, you know, you're Jewish, and I'm Samaritan, and we, we worship on this mountain, Mount Gerizim, and you worship on, in Jerusalem, and so we're just different. So she's focusing on the form, the location, the way it's done, and this was his response. Worship, as Jesus is describing here, it's from the spirit, the soul that God has given us. It's our soul being touched by his spirit. This is a response to what God has done. We don't come to get something. We come to give something. That's what worship is. Yet it's so easy to get into the ritual and to forget what it's about. But God is, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Like we didn't do anything to earn this grace. 
When we look at our lives, there's a reason there's confession because Christ calls us to it, but then he forgives us and makes us white as snow. And when we look at all of the light and all of the goodness that God has given us, worship is a response to that. It's also a time to be honest before God. Like when you look in the Psalms, they're not all praises. Some of them are laments. Some of them are are just pleading to the Lord. But it's that connection of spirit to spirit. And because of this, the way it's done is not central. Right? Like, one of the things we'll hear quite often is um, we, meaning the whole Christian church, is, um, so how is their worship? Have you ever heard that statement before? Like, that makes no sense if we know the goal of worship. Because what they're saying is, is the music good? Is the lighting good? Is it Whatever it is, like, is it good where I'm going to go and I'm going to get something good? But that's not what worship is because the forms and the rituals, they're not the ones that produce worship, nor does the lack of a certain form or a certain ritual where they have guitars. In fact, the older church, once people started leading worship with the guitars, I was at a Presbyterian church, and uh, they asked us, the younger people, to lead the 8 a.m. So I was like a youth director, and like, you need to start coming early. I was like, what? And so we would be there early in the morning, and people get so, fr- you can't do that. You can't do it with guitars. That's like Doritos for communion. Because, because the form was wrong. And then, of course, the younger crew is like, what is it with these, these, all of these old hymns? Like, I'm falling asleep. I, can't, I don't even know what that word means. But when we realize what's central is spirit touching spirit, then we can worship. So I want us to make sure that we understand that as we move forward. So I have some questions here. Um, because I want us to hear from our worship leaders. So the first question is, and, and I love this. I'd love Tyler for you to answer this first, because I remember when we first asked Tyler to lead worship, and he's like, you know I've never done this before, right? <laughs> and I said, so? <laughs> and so when we very first planted branches, T-Pain was there. So, and I remember your response, and then I remember like, Seven years later going, are you doing okay? And, and your response was the same as it was the first time. So why do you do this? Why do you come? Why do you, why do you put up with the burden of, of serving and worship? Because it can feel like a burden sometimes. Yeah. Um, it honestly doesn't feel like a burden right now. Um, and I think <coughs> at the beginning, I had never even like played or sung in front of people until like my late 20s, early 30s, and I was, like, very nervous about it. So the burden was more about me, I guess, just being (laughs) afraid or scared or not comfortable or confident. Um, So that kind of made it tough for me at the beginning, and I think the more mature I got and did it more often, um, to really work on worshiping the Lord and leading you guys in worship instead of playing to you. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, it's like, I, I think I'm a, I want, I, I battle between like, I want you to think that it sounds good. I want you to like it. I want you to like me. <laughs> like, and I, and I have to constantly, like, sometimes I'll just picture Jesus and close my eyes when I sing, because that gets me back to who I'm singing to instead of singing to you guys. And I think we've played at bars and other places where you're just singing to the people. So I've kind of had to work on that a bit. 
We've definitely had people comment on both of us that we close our, they're like, you never opened your eyes. <laughs> and that's, I think that's a big reason for me as well. Um, trying to remember uh, who I'm singing to. And um, uh, the reason I do it is because people keep asking me, <laughs> which is really awesome. Honestly, it's just been one of those, it's such a blessing um, to get to know you guys and to get to know all of you guys through it. Um, but it, it's definitely, I oh, you didn't ask how it's challenging yet. I'll, no. I'll wait. Oh, wait. Yeah, keeping it brief. I think um, why I do it is um, because I think that there is a spark of artistry inside of humanity that is planted by God where we're aesthetic people and aesthetic creatures. There's a reason why we have these beautiful shrubberies and um, this wood paneling on the wall. It's because we're aesthetic people. And we like it to things beautiful. And so the goal for us is beauty, but not beauty for beauty's sake, but because it's supposed to point to something. I know this is totally ridiculous, but this shrubbery, if there is any beauty, the beauty is there to be pointing towards something greater than us. And so... I think the why is that I'm constantly running and searching for that. In what ways could the way we express ourselves in any aesthetic, so that might be art or poetry or music or spoken word or even visual decorations, in what ways can that be a pointer towards something that's bigger than me? And then we battle the same thing like Tyler does. If, is if the end result is somebody says, like, man, Ryan, you were awesome today, that feels good, but that's a total miss. And so um, the, the why we do it is because I'm, I'm hoping to have us be an aesthetic community together where we can use beauty in ways to point to something much bigger than ourselves. Something that's often um, misunderstood is that they have other jobs, <laughs> like real jobs, like full-time jobs. Um, and so for them, they don't depend on this. So there's a lot of uh, sacrifice that goes into this, but they do it willingly. Um, so it's one of those things that people, I just know people have assumed. So, and they didn't say that because they would never say that. Um, so, uh, so for you, what is a blessing about leading worship? Like what is the, the fun stuff, the stuff where you're like, oh, that was... That was good. And what's the stuff you're like, oh gosh, this is so hard. Well, I think I already kind of went into <clears throat> what, what made it hard for me or what makes it hard for me sometimes. I think something I noticed just briefly is when I first started leading worship, the first time everyone was worshiping at the church and singing loudly, it was like, all the pressure dropped off me. <laughs> and it was like, we're doing it together. We're worshiping the Lord. Whereas I felt like for a long time, I was like, come on, let's do it. You know. And when, when people worship together, not only does it make it truly about the Lord, but it's not, it's even less about me. It's like, we're all doing this together and I'm just holding the guitar. So that's my favorite thing or what I look forward to. Um, I, I agree. I, I think... There are these moments where um, you just the feel the spirit like heavy on the room, and I think for me actually, <laughs> when 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 worship is doing what it should, it's actually really hard to not cry. As you all know, I'm a crier, 
and not then to actually be able to continue be leading in a way that's effective. And um, I think that's just one of the harder hard things in general is like wanting to um, wanting to lead in a way that was not distractingly bad, <laughs> um, but also leading because we're not just you know leading in terms of music, but we're also leading in terms of um, showing you guys how to worship too. And so so trying to kind of find that balance between not forgetting where you are <laughs> in the music and um, and what you're supposed to be up to, uh, but then prioritizing what you're really actually up to, which is, you know, um, prioritizing, putting putting God in his place and you in your own place. Um, and it, it's taken a lot of years to be able to, every now and then I'll have a Sunday off and I'm so excited to just like, sing like a moron and not have to worry about getting the words right or anything because I, I, you guys, like, it's a really special thing to get to worship on Sundays and have no one listening to you. <laughs> um, just just the Lord. You're singing to the Lord and he's the only one who, who matters. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, I, what I would want to do is even open the dialogue now to the whole church. <coughs> instead of it being kind of even just us, but to say, we spend a staggering amount of time doing music together in whatever form that is. Um, and this is a, uh, the, the way church is done now, the forms that Book talked about, represents this minuscule little sliver of the church's history in the existence of the church. And so this very little form and the way we figured out to do this in relative terms is very new. And also, um, probably very fleeting, right? And so the, the way that we've structured doing songs, some welcomes, a sermon, some response songs, that kind of thing, um, has intentionality to it. But I wanted to ask to see if there's anybody brave who's willing to say, how has your, your experience with worship changed over the years? And that can be for better or worse. But I think it's getting us now into the, into the, into the mind of, all right, so in what ways have I historically participated in worship and how has that changed over time? Um, some for the better, some for the worst. And the worst may not be your fault. It may just be the result of the form also having had shifted because we're dealing with a lot of shifting sands right now. So who's willing to be brave and, and speak loud and, and talk briefly, 20 seconds or so, just about like your experience in worship? Because I think that will help others feel like, all right, I, I'm, I'm not alone in this. Yeah, go ahead. What was your name? Say your name for everybody so we all know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah, sorry for the folks at home watching The View talking about liturgical styles, growing up in Methodist style, growing up in a, in a all hymns, in a structured liturgy, that kind of thing. Branches is obviously not a structured liturgy. Um, though we've done liturgical things, but one more. Anybody who's willing to talk about how their experience, yeah, go ahead. it's fascinating, like Kirsten said, Nancy has a friend, or we have a friend both, who has a grandfather who is a really funny guy who came to know the Lord a bit later in life, and um, his experience with God is so much cries every time he prays. It's become the joke of the family, and so we were, we were together for the first time with them, and he was like saying grace or something. I don't remember what he was praying for. He was in like maybe a meal or something, and it's weird for in a meal setting, somebody start blessing the meal and then start crying and uh and then nobody batted an eye in the family you know and so nancy are kind of doing like the, what's going on you know like amen i don't like what is this and i guess he cries every time when he prays and it became the joke of the family and he can't explain why you know but he just does and there's something about worship i've been a part of worship services where you don't you don't have to be able to even do all of the mental gymnastics. You know, why am I emotional during this? And it's because I know that there's a part of us that are designed and built to be sparked by something beautiful or wonderful or transcendent or something that's awe-inspiring. It creates an emotional response, which is right and good. As opposed to, I've heard in the past, like the idea of like, wow, I just worship is too emotional. And... Um, that's usually like the charge of folks that were looking for something that was much more structured. And, um, and I can understand that sentiment, but it feels like that's missing a major component of how you're built as a human and how we're built to be able to express to God in ways that we can't even totally comprehend. And so I've countless times found myself emotional for ways I just couldn't describe, but music does that. And that's okay. And good, I think even, not just okay, but good. So one of the things you've discussed that is creating a new question is with what's hard, what's a blessing, um, you've, you've each touched on the people. Because the truth is most people think when they enter a worship thing, like if they ask, was the worship good, they're referring to whoever's leading. But I know that for, for us at Branches, and I know what's a blessing is, is when the people, us, when we realize we're the most important instrument. The most important human instrument are the people. Um, and so I want you to be thinking, you don't all have to answer the question, but at a time when you've seen that, like a specific time, I was sharing with him, a friend of mine, who was a, a well-known worship leader, and he was helping out a friend, so he was going to lead their junior high group. You know, and he's like, okay, great. Like, they're going to be picking their noses, spitballs, all that stuff. And he's got his, you know, he, he shows up. When he entered the room, he felt something different. Like, when they brought him up and said, okay, it's time for worship. He said as soon as he started the first chord, they were in. Meaning... He felt, just like Tyler said, like, I just kind of disappeared. I mean, I was playing, and I was trying to lead them, 
but they were so, not even their voices, although their voices were loud, it was just so loud with their spirits and God's spirit. And he said it was someone had trained them. <laughs> not said, now you need to do this, but more like this is what it is, kind of what we're doing right now. It's like they came expectant and they came hopeful and they didn't even know who this guy was. Like he didn't come up and they're like, here he is, one of the most famous, blah, blah, blah. They didn't say anything. He just went up for them. They didn't care. It could have been one of their eighth grade friends that went up with their guitar. They were just going to take over and worship together. So what's an example that you've experienced in the Branches community at any time where the leading instrument was the people? I can think of a time uh, when you were in the hospital uh, around uh, New Year's Day, and we all met at the harbor just out on the lawn, and people from branches and from not from branches came, and we sang a couple of songs and led worship, and that was pretty powerful, obviously because of the circumstances, but just doing it out, almost being out in public and doing it, um, and because, you know, of interceding on your behalf, but that was a special moment that comes to mind. But wait, what about the sound system and all that? <laughs> yeah, there, have been, there have been miracles there yeah. almost every week. <laughs> That's on you, Kirsten. You got the history. <laughs> I'm sure I'll think of something in an hour. Well, this uh, my experience with branches is not it's real brief. So it's I came when we were when we were gypsying around mid COVID, meeting in the outside of Shoreline, which most all of you there back then when we were doing the, under the canopy at Shoreline, and it's weird, right? It's weird starting and starting to join a community when everybody's masked and you don't really see anything but the eyes and all that stuff. So that was a challenging time for Nancy and I to come and like be part of branches. It's also really challenging as a worship leader because. Um, you lose the interactivity of even just facial expression of where people are. So it was really hard leading worship with masks. Um, and I'm, that's not a statement about masks, just more about how it, it was just challenging, super hard to do that and to feel like there was a, an interaction. Remember also at Shoreline, there was like the stage and then 50 feet and then people, right? So we, we didn't feel like we were together. And so I think things that make any worship service special is it um, almost never, in my experience, was it special because the music was awesome, but it's special because of things that have to happen with the other people involved. So a sense of community, a closeness, an urgency, a sense of um, expectancy, that there's an intentionality, that there's all these things that are ingredients that go into worshiping together that is hard to manufacture, even if it's amazing, because whomever is leading it is amazing. But uh, that is like the least important ingredient, and the most important is like a communal aspect. And so to the extent that we do that at branches, that is what ends up making it great. Um, yeah. All right, last uh, question. What is your hope for what worship is branches. So if you could say, oh, it'd be great to have it like this, whatever that is. Obviously, we're not talking really forms and rituals, but 
what it could be like at branches, let's say, a year from now. You know, as people are starting to join us because we've moved and they don't have to hike and drive and spend $30 on gas coming up the hill. Like, what is your hope that people will enter into this community of worship? Do you want to start for a second time? <laughs> um, well, <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> I can go if you want to. Do you want to um, and, and It's kind of a hard question to answer just in the sense that, like, I want whatever God wants um, for you guys and for the worship here and... Um, but I do, I think, I, I sing, I play ukulele and sing to my kids before bed. Every night we do worship songs. And, um, they, and they don't always sing along, but sometimes they know this, they sing, they sing. Um, and sometimes they don't yell at each other for singing. Sometimes we, <laughs> sometimes one will be like, you, stop, stop singing, you're singing too loud, I can't hear mom. But like sometimes <laughs> we will all three be singing in the dark together and praising the Lord. And I want that for you guys. Like, I want that for us as a community, just being like kids, just uh, putting God um, up on his throne and uh, being uh, grateful for that. And um, just, I, I see that. I see that in you guys now. And uh, I hope that it continues to grow. But um, it doesn't matter where we are. Um, it doesn't matter uh, how we, the, who's singing and how it switches up. Um, I, I just, uh, yeah, I hope we'll have that kind of passion for, for the Lord uh, together. I would say um, my hope, and I would be remiss if we, we didn't at least touch more on from what Boog originally talked about on Jesus's teachings on worship prayer and what it's like to have a life of worship. Nancy and I were driving up to Mammoth, and we were talking about this, and I said, like, if I feel really sheepish about teaching on worship, and that's because it feels like I'm a swimming instructor, and um, we're spending our time outside of the pool talking about swimming and um, in, instead of swimming. And so I think God's asking us as a community to participate in something as opposed to evaluate something. And so we can talk all we want about some of the motivations and intentions behind worship, but, but it's not swimming. And I can talk a lot about what this is, but God is not asking you to mentally ascend to something. He's asking you to participate in something. And so um, I do know that Jesus does talk about worship that's in vain, and he's constantly referencing the form and the intention. So he talks about the Pharisees and the form of their worship is on their lips, but their hearts are far from me. To him, the worship is in vain. He talks about meaning nothing. It's equal to nothing. And so we can do it wrongly. Branches can arrive and worship wrongly because Jesus talks about the two forms of worship of being an intentionality of the heart. And so the only time he's referencing form in prayer and in worship is not style and all that, but because he's referencing hypocrisy. He's referencing something where we do in form where our heart doesn't match the form. Now, we sing big songs with big praise words and lots of aspirational things. It's hard sometimes for my heart to even ascend to that. But I, I don't think it's possible to worship rightly without being intentional. I don't fall backwards into worship or I don't stumble into it. I don't, I, it requires a form of intentionality. So my hope for branches is that each time we come, we have to cross the, the divide of intentionality. 
we have to sit in our seats and say, I'm no longer just consuming something or, or even evaluating or, um, you know, the idea of was church good is a qualitative question instead of what did you participate in today at church? And so, because we're so trained to evaluating things, you know, like was this good because of what happened inside? And I feel like if you were on the ride home from church with God, he would not ask, was church good? He'd say, in what ways did you participate in what I was doing? And that means we have to cross a line of intentionality. When Jesus talks about prayer, he's talking about the Pharisees doing this big thing in the courtyard and making a big spectacle of it. When he's saying that there's their rules and their spectacle are for man. And he tells these other people, go into your closet and hide away. And so he's, he's connecting the form with a certain kind of humility. Well, we don't struggle in humble form, right? This is not, a, this is not opulence. But it still requires us to say, when I come and when we're worshiping together, what is happening with my posture, with my heart, with my mind? What's happening with my whole self? So that when there's reservation in raising hands or in kneeling or in singing loudly, we have to ask, in what ways is it because I haven't crossed the bridge of intentionality of saying I'm intentionally doing something and I'm acting my way into a feeling instead of feeling my way into actions, um, which is how I think most often God's asking us to work. And so my hope is that we don't worship in vain. My hope is that um, what I cannot do as a worship leader is have you crossed that line of intentionality and worship the way Jesus is asking us to do, which is with our whole selves and our hearts, as opposed to just words, but then saying, I, I so much, when I sing songs, there's often times where I'm like, I so much want this to be true in me, right? It's like the guy who says, Lord, I, I believe, help my unbelief. And he honors that prayer. So there's even songs that we sing where I feel like that, where it's like, oh, I believe this, but help my unbelief, man. How many times have we sung a song that like, you are good or like king of my heart or something and there's times you're like, I don't, I struggle with that. I struggle with believing the goodness of God sometimes. Lord, help my unbelief. I still have to be intentional on crossing that line and being like, yeah, I'm struggling with this, Lord. I'm going to do it and I'm asking for you to help my unbelief. Give me faith in this and as I worship, I hope that's a reflection of that. That's my hope for branches. So while they're setting up to, to lead us, I'll close us up. Um, so when one or two people are prepared, expectant, like Ryan was talking about, like their heart is prepared, they're surrendered. I think that's the, the correct word that I had a different word, and then I realized, no, surrender is probably more it. It's when we come and you surrender. And it, it's almost like Tyler and, and um, Kirsten were sharing they have to close their eyes so that they're focusing on the Lord and not something else. And when one or two people do that, it changes the atmosphere of the whole space. Um, you remember Byron? So he lives far away. And um, so he told us, hey, we got we to gotta go back to our church in L.A. This is just too far. And, but he said, also, I, I just, people feel free there. And I said, in worship, because that's just who I am. And I go, well, let me just tell you that your presence here was transforming the space. It was transforming people when we were worshiping because that's what happened. And we don't have to be like Byron and be super expressive and super loud because some of you, that's just not your personalities. But it's the sense of freedom. And so what's happening takes 
What's happening in our spirits affects the other souls in the room. So for example, when the kids come in, they're gonna, the more they come in, they're going to take on the image of what's happening here. Not necessarily always visually, but especially what's really happening spiritually. And um, so to do that, I want to give us a few practical things that we want to start incorporating on Sunday mornings. A um, little difficult to do today, but um, we're going to ask people to consider coming 10, 5 minutes early to sit down and prepare your hearts. And so when you come in, we want you to, to as you're taking that space, so if you come in and see someone with their eyes closed or they just seem focused, they'll be like, hey, what's up? And just blast them in the back <laughs> because they may be preparing their hearts and surrendering. But picture, as Isaiah said, the Lord high and lifted up. A big part of prayer is imagination. So you're pic- picturing the Lord. You're focusing your attention on him. And even saying in your heart or with your words, like, Lord, I want you to be high and lifted up in my heart and in this space and with us. Show me how to to praise you. Um, The second thing is, as you see these leaders, as you see whoever's speaking and teaching from the word, pray for them. Again, using your imagination, picture the light of Christ falling fresh on them. And then last, look around and say, Lord, who do I need to be praying for? You may look around and see someone visually that's like, and you're like, oh gosh, I gotta pray for that person. (laughs) But you may not. You may know them and you may know what they're going through or maybe someone you've never met before, but the Lord puts them on your heart. And just pray whatever burden, whatever's holding them back from the Lord would just tumble from their shoulders, like gravel, just fall off, or however you want to, but create this space of preparedness. I'll hand it over to the worship team to lead us. And the kids will be joining us shortly. So this is where you have the freedom. Stand, to kneel, to raise arms. I'd encourage you to experiment in those things. Know that this is a safe space to do that. And um, worship as you would. We may get to sections where we'll ask you to stand. But I want you to feel like you can find a way to um, engage your whole self this morning. you 
Search the world, but it couldn't feel me. Man's empty praise and treasures the fame never.
Your glory is so beautiful. I fall onto my knees in awe. And the heartbeat of my life is to worship in your life. Because your glory is so
Thank you for this opportunity to be together in worship. Thank you for something that's wonderful that can happen when we're gathered together singing corporately. It's unique. We know that it's special. 
We don't understand it, but we just know, Lord, that we want to be guided in it in spirit. We need your help to guide us in what it means to worship you truly in spirit and in truth. Help us to dwell and meditate on that this week. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks, everybody.